All right. Let's say you're telling the truth. And this is all a dream. I could pull this trigger and it won't matter. Hello and welcome to episode 290 of Under the Cult of MS. That's just a little quote from Doug Quaid from Total Recall. Because in our comics portion today, we're going to be talking about Deadpool number one, Patient Zero. Starts now. This is the world's greatest comic magazine. Okay, I'm confused now because now when I look at the cover, it says number one, patient zero starts now up in the corner. And the other corner it says number 21. So yes, this is Deadpool number 21 from December of 2016. And on the cover... They have Deadpool with a quattro look to him, a little alien creature coming out of his stomach or chest. So it just reminded me of Quattro, I think it's Quattro from Total Recall, Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. But I think the new version also had that, that type, that character in it. Let's see what they have to say in here. Avenger, assassin, superstar, smelly person, probably the world's most skilled mercenary, definitely the world's most annoying. Wade Wilson was chosen for a top-secret government program that gave him a healing factor, allowing him to heal from any wound. Somehow, despite making his money as a gun for hire, Wade has become one of the most beloved heroes in the world. Call him the Merc with the Mouth. Call him the Regenerating Degenerate. Call him Deadpool. Hey there, poolies and poolettes. Deadpool here. Man, last issue was pretty intense, huh? But like I said, you just gotta keep going. Things can get better. I mean, look at my life. My team of mercs all betrayed and left me. My daughter doesn't think of me as a dad. My Avengers squad got disbanded by Captain America. My life is getting al- my wife is getting along with her other lovers way better than with me. And my new arch enemy, Madcap, is on a loose plotting revenge on me. With that much shit piled on me. Things have got to get better soon, right? Right? This is a nice, thick, very thick episode. It's weird that it's number 21, not like a 25th, 50th, or an annual or something like that. But we get a little story. It starts out with two Santas being bad and robbing, a, I believe, a jewelry store. And all of a sudden, we get some information about Deadpool with this madcap character and the stuff he did to deal with them. And there's contracts out and stuff going on. Deadpool's got to work with his daughter. 
which doesn't go well. And he gets in trouble with that also because she's part of S.H.I.E.L.D., I believe. And when he takes off, he runs into a bunch of other characters that basically attack him, that take him out, and they got a bunch of different masks on. And we get to see the little creature popping out of a guy's stomach, and Deadpool's like, hey, that, that was in me at one time. And then all of a sudden it goes into a whole act, five-act scene of, like, Macbeth with Deadpool in it. Deadpool's got to take out the bad guy, apparently, that people say is bad. And along the way, he meets some evil gals. <laughs> That have plans on their minds and they're going to use him for to do their bidding. And it's just, it's fun seeing Deadpool in this Macbeth Shakespearean style storyline. But it's, I've always hated to read in Shakespeare and all that. Those type of th- stories, I just, they always speak backwards and reverse everything and it just say things all weird and fancy. It just it sounds goofy when you're reading it and just, I never liked that type of wordplay, except for maybe from Yoda. <laughs> and then we checked out Crossover number nine this kind of went into a lull for a while just kind of stopped printing i don't know what happened it seems like it was a pretty big gap between issue eight and nine and now i think like nine and ten were put out together but we haven't got ten yet but we get to see the character from the comic shop bombing issues be taken in by like a federal uh, a police agency that deals with that's dealing with a bunch of the comic book characters from the big bubble that had a bunch of issues with in the past and now these these two comic book character cops are interrogating trying to find out stuff and pushing the one girl to give up some information and she's just as lost as they are but they don't realize it they think she has stuff to do with it and then this character that was part of the bombing he gets to meet up with his evil dad that basically is wanting to kill off superheroes the way it the way he portrayed himself in the uh, earlier comics, he just has some type of issue with the comic characters or the writers, pencilers, drawers, colorists, and he's just, he's got issues. 
he's definitely got major issues, but he's trying to deal with something. They're trying to find out what's going on. They're trying to figure out why uh, the artists are being attacked now and trying to figure out if the artist is attacked or all the artist's creations disappear. And is that the sense of taking out the artist instead of the characters? And It's still an ongoing flip-floppy story just putting you basically changing thing every every issue something new new concept new idea comes up through it and in here we get to find out about another character that many of us know might be making another appearance and just it's hard not to give away everything from these stories when you're just dealing with single issues and stuff but yeah it's definitely worth getting on that run if you haven't yet we're nine issues in i'm not sure how far it's gonna go uh i would have no problem with that going for a long time it's an enjoyable run, but they're going to have to come up with a new storyline once they get through all these comic characters. I don't know what's going to happen after that. But, but yeah, check it out by Image Comics. Donny Kate, Yashaw, D. Cunningham, and John J. Hill, crossover number nine. And then we checked out Lobo number one. This is Lobo volume three number one. I didn't know there was a new Lobo out there. Uh, it's part of the New 52, I guess. By DC Comics. And I've read the old Biker Lobo back in the day. Can't really tell you much about him. But this one starts out with the old Lobo and this new Lobo in a feud and you get to see what happens with them <laughs> i like this new lobo he's an interesting character I... he's got his issues as well but weaponry wise he's got some interesting weapons vehicles and it's like this period they must have went through where they seen these stupid cycle bikes and they use these for the characters. They look cooler in comics than they do in real life. The guy that's got that weird cycle bike. It's basically you sit inside the wheel of the bike and the motor and the chassis and all that's inside the wheel frame. You're inside a giant wheel and really hard to control and never really seen it come out on the market but they tried to but he has to deal with a bony job to kind of settle some things with some other people in here and it includes seven i think I 
think it's seven or eight characters that are on his roster to hunt down. And they're definitely interesting characters by the ones that we see in here. But yeah. I do like this level character. I'm going to look for more of the issues. Try and get deeper into the story. But he's pretty badass. He's got some good weapon play. Doesn't care. Doesn't doesn't wait, doesn't push things off and talk about things. He just goes right at the people. Takes them out before they can take him out, which is what I like. And he's kind of got that apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic biker look to him. Kind of like Mad Max style. So he decided to read Mad Max Fury Road Part 1, Number 1. This was, I mean, it gives you the basics, which is nice. They can do a quick, I think it's like four pages or four to six pages taking you through the basics of every Mad Max movie. And they show you little clips from the original Mad Max, the Roadrunner, the... uh, Thunderdome, and it's just, you get a little bit of everything in here from all those different Mad Max characters, and then it goes into this Fury Road where we get to meet a gal along the way, and Mad Max goes in to a fighting arena as a competitor, they sat there and they don't do the one-on-one fighting like the Thunderdome used to. This is still a Thunderdome. But they'll do event fighting, group fighting, whatever. And in this one, a bunch of people are fighting. Last one to be standing gets to be the proud owner of a Boss 351 engine, which he needs for his car, which he has his the old car chassis and all that back in his little hut and he just needs a few more pieces to get up and running and then main thing is definitely the motor so he found himself this motor if he can win this fight and along the way throughout this we get to watch a bunch of things happening going on that were very interesting. I like how this prequels into the actual Fury, Mad Max Fury Road movie, I assume. And I'm just taking a wild guess that it does, but the way they laid it out, it's like you start out with the Mad Max character, and then we also run into a female character in here, which I believe is going to be the character in Mad Max Fury Road. So I'm really looking forward to finding out the rest of this story uh, see how deep it goes the way it sounds it says starting on May 20th Vertigo proudly presents a four issue miniseries prelude to Mad Max 
Fury Road, written by mastermind George Miller, along with Nico Lothoris and Mark Sexton. So, yeah, I just got to find the other three issues and check those out, which I'm definitely looking forward to getting my hands on them. And they got some interesting character art in the back of here. And little little tidbits for you about the story, the ongoing story. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I want to get the last three and finish it off and then rewatch the Fury Road movie, which I actually enjoyed. I, dang, I hate the first Mad Max. Just, I wish they could cut out the first quarter of the movie just because I ain't into the wife getting raped and killed. I think that's pretty messed up, the wife and kid, when they get attacked. But uh, always got to have some storylines. So. You get into post-apocalyptic shit, apparently. All of us after a nuclear war and all that stuff, we're just going to turn into a bunch of ravages. <laughs> There's not going to be any decent humans left. So, but we'll see. See where this goes. But I could go for rewatching the Fury Road movie. So that would give me an excuse to do it. But not like you ever need an excuse to watch a movie. Speaking of which, we got our tickets for Spider-Man No Way Home or whatever it is. <laughs> we got our tickets a couple weeks ahead of time because apparently all theaters are selling out for this, but theaters been pretty quiet up until now. So kind of curious how it's going to go because there's another new, another new COVID variant. As soon as things start settling down, we got to come out with another new one and start things over again. Of course, with it being the winter time of year, there's always more issues with viruses. But yeah, I got those tickets. Uh, I still haven't seen, I don't know, is there one or two other ones? I'm not even sure. Far From Home, No Way Home, Can't Find My Way Home, Lost From Home. Who knows? But hopefully I can at least catch the one before it before I go see this one. Or maybe today I'll go online and see if I can find a copy of it cheap. See what's up. But yeah, that's it for this part for the comic portion. I'm gonna do A little bit of future care, future planning, stuff like that for us. Some of this I think I already went through. But we'll go through it again anyways. So I will close this off here and I will get right back with some future care planning for us people with multiple sclerosis and other people with chronic conditions right after this.
Okay, let's talk about some future care issues for us MSers and other people with chronic conditions. So we can sit there and make sure that we got some security in the end. Not that we're out living on the streets, trying to live off other people, live with other people. Or if we end up in a very expensive housing facility help us deal with our issues at the time that can kill you too financially so you gotta watch out make sure you can get through these days the rest of your life without a bunch of extra hassles they're just gonna stress and wear you out but yeah let's see what they had to say I don't want to become a burden to my family, is a frequent concern voiced by people with multiple sclerosis, MS, in addition to worries about current symptoms and the physical toll that the condition may take in the years ahead, individuals with MS can anguish over the prospect of exhausting not only the emotional reserves of their loved ones, but financial resources as well. It's like if I could have got diagnosed even 10, 15, 20 years earlier, then I could have just rearranged my whole life to hopefully keep working normal full-time job, but something that's not as stressful on the body as the jobs were that I was doing and could have actually got something put away, some more stuff put away, but instead went through a bunch of issues, spent a week and a half in an ICU that cost, that racked me up with half a million dollars and doctor bills and hospital bills and all that, more bills rolling in on top of that. Everything just crashed, and I still didn't have answers then. Uh, Events before that took me out of other jobs and no answers. And then finally, many years after, I finally get the answers that I should have had back then. And then I could have done something to change my life and make it better for the future for me and the wife. But I didn't have that opportunity because doctors refused to listen to me and didn't care for what I had to say about things because I didn't have a PhD, so I don't matter because there's no DR before my name. So it's a funny thing in life, boys and girls. We grow up being taught to appreciate the people around us that are civil servants, that police officers, officers, firemen, ambulance people, doctors, definitely not lawyers. <laughs> but it's like, if you actually look at them, most of them don't listen to us. They think they're above us. They think they're better than us. And that's the problem with society. People with that mindset should not be in those positions. 
those are all positions that require you to serve the people. And when you're thinking you're better than the people, you are not able to serve them correctly. And that's a problem. You need to listen to people that are dealing with things. They know how they feel. You don't. You're just hearing it from their mouth and then shutting them down. That's just not right. Individuals with a chronic condition as well as those without may have considered the possibility of needing in-home care or a nursing home at some point in their future. Keep in mind that everyone with MS will need any of these levels of enhanced care. But just in case, the options include hiring a part-time home health aide to come to your home to assist with dressing you, eating, toileting, and other activities of daily living. Having a full-time home health aide, either, either one who works in the home for a fixed shift each day or who actually lives in the home and assist with activities of daily living, which I'm doing right now for someone else. And hopefully someday someone can do it for me. Scheduling visiting nurses and physical therapists to come to the home to provide services. People in need of skilled nursing or physical therapy services may also qualify for at-home occupational or speech therapy. Which I know I can get some of these programs already and I don't take advantage of them just because I feel I'm able to take care of the things myself. So why waste other people's services when they can be helping someone that's in worse shape than I am. Receiving care from a rehabilitation facility or skilled nursing facility on a short-term basis, such as while recovering from a fall, a relapse, or other acute medical situation. Moving to an assisted living facility, ALF, on an ongoing basis. These type of facilities typically require that residents have a certain degree of independence and mobility with thresholds varying from one facility to another. In the ALF setting, there generally is a basic degree of nursing care, such as medication management, entering a skilled nursing facility commonly referred to as a nursing home and on an ongoing basis. The cost of these different levels of care obviously vary greatly, as do their eligibility for coverage under private insurance and government programs. And I understand the financial cost. I mean, that you constantly see new nursing home type buildings being built and with the staff that they have to have in there and all the costs and expenses that accrue just to the normal structure and the staffing and all that. And then you got to take on the patients themselves and the cost for all that. It's like, yeah, it, I can see why it's so expensive. I still don't see why medication's so expensive, but I do see why these things are expensive because you physically see the where the money's going into. And it's gotten better over time. There's 
they got a lot more rules and regulations, lawyers that will instantly crack down on places if he, if the workers are just rude and destructive and demeaning and just yeah, it's gotten better over the years. It was sad times when my grandma was in a nursing home and stuff. You could tell there was nursing home abuse back then. You see the people just sitting in the hallways in their wheelchairs and stuff just pushed up against a wall, just left there. It's like, really? Can't put them in a room so they can at least socialize with each other and stuff. It's just yelling at them to take their medications and their pills and what not. Hello, Mr. Telemarker. you on WKRB live. Tell me how you're trying to ruin people's lives. Come on, you can talk, Telemarker. Yeah, they're a bunch of jackasses. It's the holiday season, so they're going to start calling more. It's just not going to stop. Mom keeps picking up the phone when and not doing the blocking on the numbers. So if you keep picking up the phone, three other people are going to keep calling back. But <clears throat> I just can't get that through people's heads. It's like they will just keep calling if you answer. Just leave the damn thing. Go to a message machine. But disability income replacement insurance is meant to replace a portion of a person's lost earnings. And so does... And so does not pay for these services. That's per se. Although a person can use money provided by disability insurance to pay for a home health aid or other care. Long-term care insurance, by contrast, LTC, is designed to pay specifically for the services of an aid or for a nursing home state. And a lot of this... These insurances are hard to get once you're diagnosed with stuff. And so if you don't take it into consideration to get ahead of the game and get these insurances just in case something happens or you're like, well, I ain't going to waste the money. It's, I don't know if anything's going to happen to me. And then once it happens, then you're dealing with a lot of paperwork, a lot of hassle, a lot of runaround, and it's hard to get it all taken care of. So you can get ahead of the game. If you think you have family history with anything, you might want to get ahead, get a couple LTC insurance or something just to protect you down the road. And some of them, I know if you don't use them, will give you a certain amount kickback of what you paid into them. And like I've mentioned in the past, accidental insurance, I personally think is a waste of money. But if you're going, everybody should have at least one accidental insurance plan and Mutual of Omaha. I think that's what it is. Uh, no, I think I'm saying the wrong one. I've said it in the past. <laughs> I don't know why Mutual Omaha just does not sound right all of a sudden. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you with that one. But that company does give you, after so many years of being part of them, they give you a big percentage of it back if you don't use it in the end when someone passes. So at least you're 
siblings or whoever can get something from that to help you out in the long run. But as a result, many people rely on their own savings and investments and on government programs such as Social Security Disability Insurance, Medicare, and Medicaid to fund needed care. Bear in mind, however, that each government program has specific eligibility requirements and coverage provisions. So you might not get in if you wait too long and stuff like that. So you got to act now. Act today in anticipation of tomorrow's needs. Try and get some things done that you can ahead of time. So you don't have to stress over it later on down the road. The diagnosis diagnosis of MS is also reason to ensure that basic documents that all people should have, including a will, a power of attorney form, and a health care proxy document are in place and up to date. In addition, people need to consider whether they should establish a trust. I, I know my doctor set me up with a bunch of end-of-life paperwork that I had to deal with when I first got diagnosed and whether or not I wanted to be hooked up to breathing apparatuses and all the devices and all that stuff and who who to contact down the line, who they're going to fall back on, more than likely who they're going to come after to pay the bills. But While taking a clear look at the range of future scenarios is essential, people should not make rash decisions out of fear. The key is to navigate between avoidance and denial on the one hand and overreaction overreaction and ill-advised moves on the other hand. And just talk to an attorney. It's the best thing to do. If you're totally confused and don't know what to do, how to protect yourself in the future. Talk to an attorney that probably deals with living trust, wills, stuff like that. They'd probably know a lot. Uh, a CPA might be able to help. <clears throat> Drink for the chronic man. <laughs> Assemble a team of trusted advisors. People with MS need to draw upon the expertise of at least four different professionals in planning to finance their future care needs. An accountant, a financial planner, an attorney who specialized in estate planning, and a social worker. And a lot of this, if you're like me, I have no kids. I have no one to leave anything to. I live in a basement right now, so I don't have my own house. We got one car between the two of us. It's other than a comic book collection and a Dracula collection, we don't have a pot to piss in, so not like we have to worry about certain things and I'm not going to fork out the money for a lawyer and all this stuff for me at the t- this time because there's no real real reason beyond it be- 
beyond me just spending money on them and getting myself further in, in the hole. But I got no problem. Something happens to the wife, I'll go be one of the mountain men and go live in a cave. I don't care. <laughs> Not everyone can afford all these professionals. You still need to obtain the guidance that each of these disciplines can provide. It is essential to identify and start working with those professionals now, not when an urgent need arises, since it's too late and you're too deep in the hole dealing with things and they got to hurry up and try and get you figured out and understand you and what's going on with you and what they can help you get set up with. It's just, you don't want to push stuff off till that last minute if you need it. While it's obviously preferable to connect with legal and financial professionals who have experience with multiple sclerosis or chronic illnesses, generally, that should not, not be the top consideration. A social worker can help identify issues to discuss with the financial and legal members of the team. He or she can be an invaluable resource in addressing workplace issues navigating the healthcare and health insurance systems, and understanding and dealing with the eligibility documentation requirements for government programs, and designing a care program if needed. So it's a good place to start. Work your way up. Understand your current benefits. People newly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis often don't realize that the insurance coverage they may have may not cover all aspects of their care or the full cost of those services that are covered. And it's basically like the concept, you go out and buy a new car. They sucker you into uh, the warranty, the long-term warranties and all this shit. And... I've bought them, bought them over the years. They're like bumper to bumper warranty. And then all of a sudden, uh, you have something going on with your vehicle, you bring it in, and you got to pay for it. It's like, well, I thought my warranty is bumper to bumper. Oh, but it doesn't cover the motor train. Or it doesn't cover the transmission. Or it doesn't cover this. It doesn't cover that. And why didn't you tell me that it's this and it doesn't cover these things instead of giving me 15, 20 pages of paperwork I'm not going to read that you make me sign. And then I'm paying these extra fees and I never use them because nothing I ever do that I bring my vehicle in for is covered under under the plan. Same thing goes health-wise. And you can get, you can pay for a lot of shit that's not doing anything to help you. But you got to look into them and make sure they are things that are going to benefit you. And ask the people all the questions. What if this happens to me? Am I covered? What if this happens? Am I going to have to pay for this? It's like. Let's say if you look at some of these stats that they have, uh, 62% of working age people with MS 
reported that multiple sclerosis had affected their employment. $4,385 is the average monthly cost of a home health aid in 2019. 5 to 14% of people with MS eventually will need nursing home care. 64% of people with MS reported they do not have long-term dis- disability insurance. I would assume more people than that. 66% of people filing for bankruptcy cited medical cost as a direct or indirect reason for their financial problems. That's where my financial problems have always been was medical. $7,513 is the average monthly cost of a semi-private room in a nursing home in 2019. So basically, one month in a room that I'm pretty much done for. <laughs> it's like, I'll be on the streets, sleeping on a park bench. Sleeping in a van down by the river. Been there, done that. Gonna probably do it again. Ninety <laughs> percent of people with MS reported having no long-term care insurance, which helps pay for in-home, community-based, and nursing home care. And nineteen point seven percent of working-age people with MS reported they had retired due to disability. That's a yeah. I think those numbers can all probably be going a little higher, but life insurance policies have provisions that allow for people with a terminal illness or permanently disabling condition to receive some portion of the policy's value on a tax-free basis while still alive. Other life insurance policies are hybrid products that also encompass paying for long-term care. Just check which types you have, look into your policy, learn about your policy. Early payment provisions are not included in in all life insurance policies and combination life and long-term care insurance policies are relatively new and not common. It is important for people to realize that long-term disability policies are not designed to match the full amount of money a person had been earning and often provide only 40 to 60% of a person's prior income. One of the best forms of insurance for meeting future needs related to MS is long-term care, LTC insurance, which typically covers personal care in the home, the community setting, and the nursing homes which we talked about before, but you gotta, I mean, no matter what, if you don't have anything set up, it's not going to be but a month or two, and then they start taking everything else from you, anything you did own. They'll take it all just to pay for expenses. Understand your future options for financing care. Beyond insurance policies and other financial products and plans already in place, people with MS should become familiar with funding and care sources they may need to draw upon in the future. These include government programs such as Social Security Disability Insurance, SSDI, Supplemental Security Income, which is SSI, Medicare, Medicaid, Veterans Benefits, and there's lots of extra veterans programs. If you are a vet or married to a vet, 
So take that into consideration. Also look into their programs. They do a lot of good for the veterans. You know, dad got help with a lot of his things in the end. The Social Security Disability Insurance SSDI program provides monthly payments to people who are disabled and who have a qualifying work history of their own or of a spouse or parent, meaning that work-related taxes were paid in the Social Security SSDI is available only to people who are deemed totally disabled, people with partial or short-term disabilities are not eligible. The Social Security Administration applies a strict definition when assessing disability. Three key provisions include the person cannot do the work that he or she did previously. The person cannot adjust to other work because of his or her medical condition and the disability has lasted or is expected to last for at least one year or to result in death. It is so morbid with it. (laughs) The monthly amount paid is based on earnings over a person's career. Uh, For 2021, the average amount for all qualifying people with disabilities is $1,277, with that average rising to $2,224 for a qualifying worker with a disability who has a spouse and one or more dependent children. With a few exceptions, people who qualify for SSDI payments must wait five months after approval to start receiving payments. Then they usually give you a kickback on past stuff too, depending on how long you've been labeled disabled. SSI Supplemental Security Income. This program is also operated by Social Security Administration. Unlike SSDI, however, eligibility is not based on a person's work history. Rather, the program provides basic financial assistance to people with disabilities and older people with limited or no income and assets. The financial requirements are quite stringent with individuals required to have savings and or other assets of $2,000 or less, and married couples living together having resources, savings and or other assets of $3,000 or less. Homes that people live in are not counted towards the valuation of their assets. The value of their cars typically is excluded as well. The monthly payment to in individuals is 783 while that for couples is $1,175. Most states provide an additional stipend to SSI beneficiaries and automatically qualify these people for Medicaid. Medicare primarily covers doctor visits, medications, and hospital stays and does not pay for most long-term care or personal care. And Medicaid is a joint federal-state program, so it is important to keep in mind that eligibility requirements and coverage services vary considerably from state to state. Medicaid differs from Medicare in important ways. 
On the plus side, Medicaid will cover ongoing long-term care services, whether delivered at home, in the community, or in a nursing home. On the negative side, eligibility is based on financial and other requirements, meaning that if you earn or have too much money, you will not be eligible. And then veterans benefits people who served in the military may qualify for a range of nursing home, assisted living, and home health care services provided by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. I mean, personally, our veterans should get whatever the hell coverage they need. And it shouldn't be in question because they served for their country, and we should take that into consideration. But step back. Optimize your work situation. People with MS may believe that their financial interests are always best served by working as long as possible, even if that means switching from full-time to part-time employment to keep a paycheck coming in. It's a natural assumption, but one that can have unintended negative consequences. I'm running out of time here. So I guess I'll leave it at that. Hopefully you learned something and can get something out of this. I'll talk a little more about it on Thursday. And we'll get back to you soon. So be good to yourself, be good to everybody else, and kick the crap out of the monster.